Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are nearing the end of our study on the holy and powerful word of God. And I want to start this podcast off with an encouragement and a reminder. In 1 Chronicles, it teaches us to humble ourselves and turn away from wickedness. And he, meaning Jesus, God, right, will heal the land. The Lord calls us to sanctification, okay? Sanctification is moving away from the things that please the flesh and only into things that please God. All right, so one can be prepared and prepare for war. And I'm talking about spiritual warfare. So you and I, we may need to remove ourselves from something that isn't necessarily sinful to be sanctified. So for example, maybe you really enjoy cooking and it de-stresses you, right? It's how you calm yourself. You can disconnect a little bit, but because it pleases your flesh, you refrain. So instead of cooking, you, you get takeout. Today, many don't even like to pray. If you're sanctified, you are praying right? Many don't like to pray because things seem still, but there is a lot that happens when we pray. There's 75% prayer and 25% work. And Jesus taught us that through the story of Nehemiah. So I encourage you to read that and take notes and you'll be able to see very clearly the 75% and the 25%. When Jesus was on earth, he prayed the most. The disciples were falling asleep. They couldn't even keep up with him. Jesus prayed the most when he was on earth. So how much more do you and I have to pray? Because when you think about it, Jesus was in the flesh, but he was 100% man and 100% God. Okay? And still, he prayed more than anyone. You and I, we're just flesh. So we should actually pray more than Jesus prayed. Amen? More people should love to pray today. And people only pray today when they're in trouble. Then, once their trouble passes, no more prayer. A person can be a powerful prayer warrior, but appear quiet. So don't mistake quietness for meekness. Don't mistake the quiet time of prayer for weakness, for doing nothing. Okay? If every single one of us were to truly move into sanctification, moving away from those things that please the flesh and only into things that please God, could you imagine how different this world would be? Amen. I want to continue our study. Back to the parable of the sower, we've been talking about the different types of grounds, right? And this time we're going to be on the fourth type of ground. And remember, each type of ground represents four different types of people. We have, we have the, the seed on the wayside. We've got the stony ground that does not develop roots. We have the seed who fell into the ground but was choked by the world, right? And then we've got number four, the good ground. So the seed falls on the good ground in... Mark chapter 4 verse 8 and that is explained in Mark chapter 4 verse 20. Mark chapter 4 verse 8 reads, still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Amen. 420 again which explains 48 says others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. So when it says others, it means people. Other people hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. 
I just read the New King James Version, but in the King James Version, which is directly tied to the Hebrew and Greek translations, so it's the version of the Bible that is directly translated, which is how you have your concordance today, it mentioned 30-fold. But before I share more of a fold, I want to point out that it's not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So this parable is not referring to fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Also, you should know as we learn about this that some people have less fruit than others because remember, we have different abilities as learned in the parable of the talents. Okay. And I have a podcast on this, so feel free to pause and go listen to that or make a note to listen to that later or to perhaps just pull it up yourself in the Bible and to review that. But I don't want you to be discouraged if you see others with lots and lots of output because they may have greater abilities than you. And that's okay because God created you with your own ability, right? We each at least have one ability, right? We have our own so we can have our own output and it might look different. Okay, so instead, be encouraged to maximize your fruit based on your ability given to you by God. You bear fruit based on your ability. Amen. So this verse talks about folds. And a fold could have many fruits. Okay, do not limit yourself based on your comfort. I want to encourage you of that and I want you to remember that. God didn't call you to comfort. So don't limit yourself. For example, my mother-in-law. She was a worship leader for many years and she had to step down. This made room for the next generation to step up, right? To become the worship leader, but she didn't want to step down. But this also allowed her to begin to teach and preach. And this was completely out of her comfort zone at the time. And she had to stretch herself into the places she was unsure of. And she experienced the anointing from the Lord. God increased her. She was doing things she never did before, and God was pleased. Don't you want God to be pleased with you? I do. The good ground, which we just read about in Mark chapter 4, is the person who hears the word, accepted it, and bears fruit. That's what the verse says. Verse 420. So there are three things required of the person, and you need to do all three. You cannot just do one, and you cannot just do two and expect God to be pleased. All three. Go ahead and say that wherever you are all three okay so you don't just hear the word okay and you don't just accept the word but you must bear fruit what is the evidence of good ground fruit bearing right producing a crop based on the bible okay so that's not according to me that's according to jesus christ of course all right so i'm just reiterating what his word says So when we hear the word fruit, we need to understand it. So what does that word really mean? Whenever you study the word of God and you look at the concordance and you take it all the way back, it denotes produce. Like in your grocery store, there's a produce section. And in Hebrews, it divided fruits of the land into three classes. All right. Note as well that there is produce, which is a noun, but then there's produce spelled exactly the same, which is a verb. And we are expected to produce produce. Okay? The classes are the fruit of the fields, like grains. There's the fruit of the vine, like grapes. And then there's orchard fruits, like dates. Right? Children are also fruits of their parents. Okay? And we learn about this in Genesis chapter 30. You can see it in verse 2 when Jacob is speaking to Rachel. He said, withheld fruit of my womb. So the womb of a woman has fruit. I have children. I produce them. They're the fruit of my womb. 
Okay, and in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 14 and 15. It says, pursue peace with all people in holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Okay, why did I read that? Because it's talking about the fruit of our lips. We ought to be sensitive of what comes out of our mouth, especially in the Holy Church. Paul actually teaches us no coarse joking, right? That's in Ephesians 5. In the church, what we say matters, and it does impact our lives. Let's talk about John the Baptist. And in Matthew chapter 3, verse 7, it says, But when he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So John the Baptist says brood of vipers. This means like legions of snakes. Okay? Verse 8. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. So John the Baptist is telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you need to repent. Okay? There are fruits of repentance. So when it says bear fruits, it means produce. And remember, fruits is produce. They also need to produce produce. Okay? And I ask you, Who's listening today? Have you repented? You have to in order to be forgiven by Jesus. Repentance, it's changing the way you think, asking for help to think like Christ. Okay, but it's not all on Christ to help you. You also need to help yourself because it's you who purges out the sin. So you first need to repent, okay? And because you've repented, it means you are no longer going to walk with the world. You're going to be different. John is saying to do something as evidence that you have repented. Why? Because you're going to have fruit, right? Maybe at first the change is that you consistently attend church. That's great, but there's more to be done. You must show your service to God, and that occurs outside of the church. There is fruit, okay? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, this actually speaks of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So we've discussed the fruits of woman. Even animal have fruits. We discussed the fruit of the ground. Here we learn that fruit of the Spirit, right? So the Spirit has fruit. How many fruits of the Holy Spirit are there? Nine. Remember that, nine. And we just read them, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. Many teach the fruit of the Spirit as fruits of the Spirit, and that's wrong. But the Bible keeps this in singular form on purpose. It's fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because it's a package deal. Imagine a box filled with these nine items, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, etc. So it's fruit. There's no S. It's singular because it's one package that contains these nine things. If you are baptized by the Holy Spirit, you are the way you are because the Holy Spirit gave you this package, right? You see what I'm saying? The fruit, which consists of nine things, it's been given to you. So through repentance, the Holy Spirit, right? That makes way for the Holy Spirit to truly transform your life, all right? And whenever he indwells in you, these nine things are yours. It's not like how some teach that you get one of the nine things at a time. It's a package deal. It's not like how some teach today that you get one thing at a time, one fruit at a time. No, you get the fruit, which means you get nine. It's a package deal. What are some changes that may occur? 
if you have the fruit of the Spirit. Well, okay, we could talk about this for a really long time, but you're going to love even your enemies. This is evidence. Maybe before you only loved those who loved you and showed that they loved you. But now you love all, even enemies. Maybe you avoid the sowers of discord, right? We know they're in the church. We know they're there. And that's scripture to avoid them, but you still love them. We've talked about sowers of discord before, but their damage will be unfixable. So the Bible teaches us to unavoid them because we don't, we don't want to be involved with them. Because whenever they're going to explode, right? We don't want to be part of that. We don't want our hands dirty. So love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all in one package. Let's talk about self-control. Do you have that? So for example, in the midst of a discussion, and I can actually speak to this from experience, imagine this. You're chatting with someone who's throwing darts at you, meaning they're insulting you, they're accusing you of so much, and you are about to burst because you're so angry, but you don't. When you have the Holy Spirit, you can get to your limit. You can get to being about to burst. You know, you still have emotions, but because you are so frustrated, you want to explode, but you won't. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. Self-control. So again, this is just one example. Do you require love, joy, peace, all fruits? Do you acquire them one by one? No. Remember, it's all in one package. Isn't that great? That's pretty good, right? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen? How does hearing the word and accepting the word give us a path to bear fruit? Well, to do God things, we must abide and remain with Jesus. Now, I said God things on purpose, not good things, because not all good things are God things. And I'll say that again. Not all good things are God things. The rich young ruler did a lot of good things, but they weren't God things. The evidence of abiding in Jesus is the person remains in the instruction of Jesus in all things, all the time, consistently. They remain loyal to him, Jesus, despite their comfort level. They are loyal to Jesus in his words, day and night, no breaks, no distractions, like Uriah. He was loyal to Israel and the soldiers by not sleeping with his wife or even seeing her, despite all the manipulation right? All that witchcraft from King David. King David failed. Uriah was a soldier of integrity, and you can review this in previous episodes, and this is also in 2 Samuel. We must remain in Jesus's word in all circumstances. Jesus is the only name that is powerful, okay? My name isn't powerful, and your name isn't powerful, but the name of Jesus, power, the only name that will be spoken in the last days. In the last days, you're going to see that the government is going to protect witches more than they already do. It's going to protect LGBTQ, these things that are against the word of God. Christians are going to be charged of hatred for not being inclusive. And they're going to be charged with crimes for not condoning the things that go against the word of God. And Christians are going to be charged with hate crimes. So Christians will then be silenced by the government. And this isn't if, but when. It will happen. Who says this? Jesus says this. It's not my own opinion, but I'm just sharing what Jesus says. It's truly not my opinion. So when I say that God disagrees with this group who thinks this, God disagrees with this group who lives this way, it's because it's what he teaches. It's not what I teach. Christians will be hated because of Jesus' name. Why? Because we will hold on to the words of God. And remember, the word of God leads us to what? Persecutions. 
tribulations, afflictions. All right? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So this verse says mine. That's a capital M. Who's that? That's Jesus. We think the way we do because Jesus said, okay? We want to think like Jesus. And Jesus says very clearly here, whoever hears these sayings and does them. Okay, you can't just hear it. You have to do it. You hear it, you believe it, you do it. Jesus says this is wise. To prove we love Jesus, we remain obedient to his teachings and his commands. We do like Mary said, the mother of Jesus. When referring to Jesus, she told the disciples, do whatever he tells you. When you do this, whatever he tells you, when you love Jesus first, the Father will love you. Did you know that? To learn this, you must go to church. God designed his people to assemble together and he commands it. Today the world pushes church from home, but that's not a thing. That's not God's idea. When we love the Lord, the Father loves us. And that is confirmed in John chapter 14, verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. How do we know commandments? Because... This verse confirms that we need to keep them. In order to keep them, we need to know them. So we study what Jesus said and we keep them, right? We hear the word, we believe it, we accept it, and we do it. Meaning we do it all the time. Says who? The Savior. My Savior and your Savior, the Savior of this world, Jesus Christ. How can people who say they love Jesus but don't abide by the words expect to be loved by the Father and enter heaven? Where does it say that in the Bible? And if you're so sure, I ask you, are you? Are you sure you're sure? I recommend circling back to the Bible. If you are so confident in this, circle back. Make sure you're sure. And when you teach others, you don't just share love Jesus. Right? You can't just love and believe Jesus. There's something to do. And we need to teach people how. People need to learn to trust Jesus' words. They need to keep those words by following his instructions because Jesus says, when you love me, my father will love you. And Jesus confirms this is when he will show up to you. He says, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Amen. I want that. Don't you? Don't give people a blank check. Be specific. Teach them. Surely, like a blank check, people will fill out whatever they want. Right? So if, if the teaching is not deep enough, people will fill in the gaps with whatever they want. Thinking that they're living a life for Jesus whenever they're living a life that already fits the comfort for themselves, their current circumstance. It's not in our nature to move to discomfort. So people must be taught so that they decide to move there on their own for the sake of Jesus so that he's pleased with you. So the Father is pleased with you. Amen? Jesus isn't just the messenger. He is the message. Thank you so much. This is shared with the love of the Lord. And this is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.